0: Thanks for joining the Fisher's Life podcast. We hope that what God is doing in our spirit-filled community will also bless you today. For more information, visit our website at fisherslife.com and enjoy this message by our lead pastor, John Hudson. Jesus. The one that makes the difference. The one what we're here for today. Jesus. Wow, what a great crowd this morning. Thank you for coming. You may be seated. Great looking Easter crowd. I had to do this this morning. I'm looking for hats. Do we have any hats? The hats is a thing of the past. Oh, we got one. We got one. Thank you. We had one this morning. I saw somebody else pointing. We got two. All right. Fantastic. Three. We got a few of them. Thank you for saving the Easter hats. We're losing that tradition a little bit, but it's good to see a little bit of, and all the color that is here this morning. Wow. Wonderful. Hey, before we get started, Started this morning, I need to make um, just a, a personal announcement about a message that is coming up. I was here in prayer um, last week, and it's been going over in my heart, and um, I, I feel a real burden to speak to a, a particular group of people. if you're between the age of 15 and 25 around that age, would you mind standing just 15 and 25? Wow, what a great number is in that crowd. I want you to be here, if you're 15 to 25, you can go back down now, um, between ages 15 and 25, I have a message on May the 5th, it's Sunday, May the 5th, and it's called The Future Is Now. And for every, fam- every parent that's here, get your uh, children here, your, your young person, your um, young adult, if, you're, if that's what, wherever it is. I'm digging a hole right now, if you would help me get out of it, I would appreciate it. Um, Those 15 to 25-year-olds can pretty much figure that on their own. Um, But if you would be here, uh, the future is now, and you need to hear this message. It's an important uh, call that I feel like God is bringing us to. If you're a guest, thank you again for coming. So many places you can spend Easter and that you would take some time and be with us. We really appreciate it, and I promise you that we'll have you out here by 3 or 4 o'clock so that you can have dinner. I want to get into the Word of God this morning, and um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, starting with verse 20. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 and 21, and then I want to read Romans chapter 8, verse 11, and I want to talk to you just a little bit this morning uh, about the resurrection. The reason you're here, for, for so many of you, um, that, uh, well, we'll just put it... In, Plain out terms. You don't grace church except on Christmas and Easter. You're affectionately known as CEOs. For the first time in your life, you're probably called a CEO. That means Christmas, Easter only. So we're glad to have our CEOs, but we'd love to have you here for more opportunities in this because we believe that the God we serve is awesome and he has something for your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 20 and 21, Romans 8 and 11, 1 Corinthians 15 first. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Are we thankful for that this morning that we're here to celebrate that fact? I like how Paul puts it. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. If I can put it another way, this is, he's the first one that went to the grave. First one that fell asleep in this manner. For as by a man came death. By one man, all this stuff that we have to deal with, that we have 70 years, some 20, sometimes it's a a little baby, it's an infant, uh, sometimes it's a 90, 100-year-old, whatever the age, this death all started because of one dude, Adam. Adam messed everything up. We're all supposed to live forever, be happy forever, not have any pain forever, but Adam just jacked it up for all of us. Isn't there always a person like that in your life? Just one person that just messes everything up. You have that photograph right now when I said of that person. You know who that person is in your life. For as by one man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. That being Jesus. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, important scripture here. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus, the one we're celebrating right now, raised him from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, can you see this? Will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. I want to talk this morning for just a little bit on this thought. Resurrection revolution. A resurrection revolution. Has anybody in this room ever made a uh, miscalculation? I saw some already snicker. Snicker. Did anybody in this room marry at this? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> anybody ever thought, I can conquer that hill, I can conquer that mountain, we can do this? And then halfway up, somebody says, whose idea was this? And nobody can remember whose idea it was. Miscalculation. Um, I was once a connoisseur, a lover of roller coaster rides. I loved them. But then my body came to a point when it said, no more. It's an iconic moment in my life. I hate it, but I can visualize that moment when my body, and you understand when your body says reverse gears, that kind of stuff. Never had my head in a trash can before, but that moment was that moment. But after the fact, you still think, I can do this. And at particular moments, I have tried to ride the coasters. Now, Don't come after service and say, try me." I've tried it. And I, I just, it's over. As bad as I hate to say it's over, I don't get to ride them. My last one that I rode was in Dallas, Texas in, at Six Flags Over Dallas. And it was the most amazing looking roller coaster I'd seen, but miscalculation. It was called the Tony Hawk, which means not only did it go up and down, which I used to love, but it also went round and round, which I have never loved. Teacups, uh-uh, not my thing. Merry-go-rounds, uh-uh, not my thing. You put the two together, and you have a serious miscalculation. Coming off the ride, I did not walk off the ride. To the embarrassment of my kids, I crawled <laughs> off the ride. I crawled down the little path, and people were saying, excuse me. And they have a photo of me just laying there going, uh Miscalculation. It's one thing if we have miscalculations, but I'm here to talk about a miscalculation. Uh, uh, somebody that makes really bad miscalculations is Satan. He, uh, he's known for his ma- miscalculations. Hey, let's start a rebellion in heaven, and I will become God because I am really cool. I got all these pipes and stuff. Mm, miscalculation. And God said, no, you, you're not going to become God. Boom, you're going to earth. Worst calculation that he made for us. But the worst calculation that he made for himself is Calvary. He totally misread Calvary. And he, he thought, if I can, because this is how we do. We think we, we know better. And remember, we're a product of sin. So we have the the Satan nature that thinks, hey, I can become, I can do. Just like me with the roller coaster, we thought we could happen. So uh, Satan thinks, hey, God comes to earth robed in flesh. If this is my moment, this is my calculation that I can get him now. If I can get the very creation that he created to turn on him, then boom, voila. I have what I always wanted all the way back at the garden, all I wanted way back in heaven, I can grab right now. Serious miscalculation on his part. He had no idea. And so I'm here to tell you as we celebrate Easter, Satan's greatest regret is Calvary. Because not only did he lose control of what he thought he had control of, of death, he has lost the power of everything now. At one point, he had control over the, over the grave, but he underestim- overestimated his power and underestimated the power of God. He thought that death was greater than God's power. And so here we uh, are today in all our Easter attire celebrating the fact of a miscalculation miscal- by Satan. How do I know this? That resurrection scares him. The idea of, of something having the ability to come back to life, to, to be able to go into eternity with God is kind of an overwhelming thought to him. This moment of Calvary comes because not of what Jesus did along the, his journey here on earth. It wasn't just the teachings that God Got to Satan. It was not the miracles. In fact, I, I wonder if sometimes if Satan was like, Yeah, go ahead and, and teach Jesus. Go ahead and, and tell about righteousness in your kingdom and, and do all this stuff. And he seemed to be fine with the miracles that when a, a man would cry out from the road, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy, and Jesus stopped and would uh, heal their blinded eyes. He didn't seem to have a problem with that. Didn't seem to upset. The kingdom of Satan, if I can put it that way. Nothing seemed to bother him. It didn't seem to bother him when somebody with a withered hand, it was straightened out or somebody with leprosy was was healed of that leprosy, right? We don't see this problem coming up. But there is a moment of time that is the tipping point, if I can put it that way, of when Satan began to get nervous. He'll do the earthly things, teach Make somebody's bodies find, eventually I'm going to get them, eventually they're going to breathe their last breath, eventually they're they're going to go to the grave and I will win because that's the end, that's the period, that's the, the end of the statement, that's the way that it's always been. But then the moment your friend Lazarus is sick, which You come and heal him and Jesus doesn't show up and Lazarus passes away and we know the story that Jesus goes to the grave of Lazarus and speaks just a few words. Lazarus, come forth. And out of that grave comes a man wrapped in grave clothes. Unwrap him and loose him and we see him at dinner. That is the moment. That overwhelms because I've all Satan says I've always had control over death. Once they've got to, they, they've been in my power, they've not been able to get out of that grasp. But in this moment, when Lazarus comes back from the dead, when he starts breathing air again, and when he's eating dinners again, the scripture said at that moment, the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, said, "We have got to kill this Jesus." It is the resurrection of Lazarus that starts that process. And not only do they want to kill Jesus, but they said, you know what, we need to get rid of Lazarus also. And so the the plan and the the story that we now share of Easter begins to unfold. The the plans are put in place for Jesus to to be betrayed. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 22 that Satan, verse 3, Luke 22 and 3, that Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, one of the 12. All of a sudden, Satan says, I've got to do something to stop this resurrecting power. He could just start resurrecting people here and there, all different places. I'm going to lose influence. And so now he he turns the the religious people of the day upon Jesus. And then Judas, one of his own, is sold out for just a a couple pieces of silver. And everything, the miscalculation's now in place. Everything is working Fine. The, the, the betrayal takes place in the garden. Jesus is taken to pot, the Hall of Pilate and there he is whipped and the crown of thorn is put on. We've, we've seen the Easter dramas. I don't have to draw it all out. He goes to the cross and everything seems well. He hears the words. I, I think at the moment Satan thinks, wow, what great words. It is finished god has given up i have won but there is something wrong with your calculations uh, satan you have not won this battle you think you have won something i'm here to tell somebody that's going through some battles just because you've had a friday does not mean a sunday is not coming How intense does that battle become? Jesus goes into the grave, and I, I, it's a little scene scripture that I, I need to read for you this morning, but so strong, I believe, was Satan's desire, but so powerful was God, that at his death, the scripture says Old Testament saints are seen walking in the streets. Let me read it for you. Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. Matthew 27 and 52 says this, the tombs were opened long before a resurrection on Sunday ever took place. A resurrection started happening on Friday and it continued into Saturday. Tombs just start popping open. Boom. Boom! 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 What is going on? And all of a sudden, you're walking down the street. You're down to your local Walmart, and there is Joseph, and there is David, and there is Daniel. You walk on down. You go down to the Speedway and get some gas, and there's Saul, or not? not yeah, Saul, not Saul. Let's go for another Joseph me somebody in the Old Testament and you just keep, they just keep popping up, walking around all over the earth. What in the world is going on, these saints? And listen to this. The bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs. His death is so powerful, it's almost as Satan saying, I can't hold them all. So here you go, David, here you go, Daniel. Here you go, Joseph. And they just start going up because I got to hold Satan in. And it doesn't just happen on Friday. The scripture says, you see it, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrections, they were walking into the Holy City and appeared to many. Can you imagine the moment of people just popping out of the graves? Because Satan has so miscalculated. <laughs> The power of the almighty God. <laughs> Come on now. When he says, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it back up. There is a battle in earth that we do not know that's going on. I've got to keep him so I've got to release him. I've got to keep him so I release him and that battle's going on. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing in this earth, this earthen vessel that God cannot take care of. It was simply Satan's attempt to try to hold the God in flesh, releasing those people. And that therein lies the thing. The power that is in the resurrection is not just something that was for a Sunday and for an Easter Sunday. The power of the resurrection is for you and I. You, I, that if Satan can get us just to celebrate what Jesus did, he's won. If all we do is celebrate the resurrected and we do not get the resurrection, come on now. Because the power is not just that he resurrected, but it's when the resurrection gets inside of us. That's why you want the power of the Holy Spirit to be in your life, because a resurrected Savior doesn't just help me. I got to have the resurrection inside of me. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3, verses 10 and 11. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says this, that I may know him, and we get so focused in that I may know him, and that's great that you might know him, oh, go ahead and be a person of prayer. Go ahead and be a person that attends church faithfully. Be a person that listens to Caleb and uh, Erwan and uh, does all those things. And be a person that serves. Go ahead and and be that person that's just kind of connected. Know him. But Paul went beyond just saying that I may know him. Paul said, not only do I just want to know him and know about, but I want and the power of his resurrection. It's not good enough just to say, hey, I know who he is, I know who he is, I I know his name. You can know people's names, but that's one thing. But when you get the power of the resurrection inside of you, you have got the same power that brought Christ out of the grave. Now living inside of you, you have to experience the resurrection. So there needs to be this resurrection resurrection revolution where it's not good enough to say we're going to celebrate Easter, but I want Easter inside of my body. I want it inside of my being. I want it to be all part of my life. And could I ask you as I begin to head towards a close this morning, could it be that Satan's greatest desire, his greatest goal is simply to keep humanity from experiencing resurrection? Come and celebrate it. Come and talk about it. But just don't allow. He'll do everything to keep you from allowing the the power of the Holy Spirit from coming inside of you. Because once it comes inside of you, just as he lost power over the grave back then, he has lost power over the grave again. Oh, can... He said to Elijah, Elijah, can these bones live? I'm here to tell you that the resurrection can put bones back together. I just believe it this morning. And Elijah looked back at, listened to the voice of God and said, only you know. And he said, prophesy to the bones. If you don't know the story, it's the, the original ankle bone connected to the some bone. <laughs> I should have get this down by the second time. Knee bone connected to the hip bone. I'm starting to figure it out now. Didn't do so well in anatomy. But things started coming together and then we began to come on that on that stuff and These bodies can live again. I'm here to tell you, you were created not for one life, but two. You were created for an eternal life. You need the power of the resurrection. We need to have a resurrection revolution again in this country. Don't know exactly how it will work, but I believe Satan wants to stop it. It's not, it's The empty tomb that will lead to empty tombs. Think about that. If we say, I want to experience this resurrection in me, it's the empty tomb that we're celebrating this morning that's going to lead to empty tombs, but it requires something. Don't know exactly how... It will work, but I know this. The power that the same power I need in me. There's there's no power that I that I know of is the same power that is in Christ. Why is this church about the infilling of the Spirit? Because He is the resurrection. And how else do we get resurrection power without his spirit? I just can't find anything. I, I can't. I, I got to do whatever I can. And this is this message this morning. I want to direct you to, to begin this search. And I don't want you just to believe just exactly what I'm saying if you're a guest here. I want you to begin to search and say, what does it take? That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. That was what Paul said. I want to know. About, I want that resurrection inside of me. I believe it's the, the power of his spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit coming inside of your being. Being possessed by him. Because he's the only one, isn't he? That has conquered. Willie Travis said it so well. You can go to the tombs of all the other ones. But you go to that one. And precedent has been set, hasn't it? He has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And Lazarus was just a, a precursor of what was to come. And it was good that he would speak. And I believe he could speak that those words right now that if God simply wanted to speak to any one of my grandparents any one of my friends that have passed the life he could simply say the thing and they would come out but there's there's a better thing that those who've been filled with his spirit what is now inside of you resurrection so Easter isn't a moment we celebrate about the past Easter is about something that we celebrate we have now Acts 1 and 8 says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you what is that power what kind of power are you looking for I want superhero power which one you want Superman you want what power do you want just I'll tell you what power I want I want power (laughs) of the resurrection that whether I breathe my last breath here on this earth and he takes me up before then or whether I breathe my last breath and I go in earth I have this confidence that the same thing he said of Lazarus is being said of every person in this room that has lost a loved one, a friend, a spouse they're just sleeping it's just Friday. But if resurrection power is in them, come on. If resurrection power is in you, I just, I got to take it for a little bit. In the Old Testament, it, They had to do all the sacrifices, but it was in faith that Christ was going to come and that his blood was going to take care of it. So in the Old Testament, all these men, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and Solomon and Jonah and Daniel, where are the bones right now? Where are the bones? Joseph wanted his taken out of Egypt. Abraham wanted his at a certain place, but by now those bones can be anywhere. They could be just—they they might just even be dust, gone. How about those in the New Testament? Simon Peter, James, and John, those twelve. Where are the bones? Don't know where those bones are either. You can't go to some grave and find their bones step into where we're at as a society now. Cremation. That really creates a struggle, doesn't it? Got mama on the shelf. Got grandpa on, in a little urn someplace. And then others say, oh, they didn't want us to have them in a little urn. So we went and took their bodies and we spread them over the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean and their remains are some pieces might be in Africa and some pieces might be in Australia and some of them in the United States. Where are the fragments of all those people that have went and had their bones put places? It's all someplace where somebody had the ability, got, got their bones put in Yankee Stadium. Yankees. Why Yankees? Or the Patriots, why? Why... Why would you get your ashes put there? But these bodies are just thrown all over the place. But The power of the resurrection isn't in an old tomb. The power of the resurrection is in those fragments of belief, those fragments of faith that are here, that are in those that went before us. And I got to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 i just want to read a a few verses beginning at verse 54 if i can when the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come the past that was written death is swallowed up in victory that's what i'm celebrating right now i have resurrecting power in me And death has already been swallowed up in victory. That's why I can say, the sting, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Satan miscalculated. And not only now did Jesus resurrect, but every person that has been baptized in his spirit, everybody that puts their faith in him, resurrection power is inside of you. Stand with me this morning oh man if we can get a hold of what Easter is really about it's not about bonnets and dinners and pretty clothes it's not just about an empty tomb and a cross with a beautiful purple sash on it what we've got to get across to this generation what have we got to get across in this hour is you need to experience Resurrection power inside of you. And there is a God. I could just preach a pretty message this morning, but I come to tell you you need a God that is not just over you and around you, but a God that is inside of you. So when the last trumpet sounds, those that are dead, suddenly all that stuff that I was talking about, I don't know how it's going to work. But those little particles that are in Africa, all of a sudden and over here pieces just start pulling together like Elijah bodies begin to form in a bam 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 and they're going up yeah that's what i believe you are crazy i know it's not logical but i believe in resur- resurrection sunday is not just in a, a moment it's a belief to me if for some reason you don't make it and you're driving by a, a graveyard on that day you won't see one empty tomb but can you imagine just driving through a, by a graveyard and you see that stone's popped off that headstone's gone, that one's gone what is happening here? resurrection power has taken those bodies out of the grave and we've had a revolution of the resurrection heads bowed this morning I need to know my left, your right, this side right over here. If you have not experienced resurrection power, would you raise your hand? You want to experience that. Anybody on this side? All right, in the middle. Anybody in this, in this middle section? I need to experience the power of the resurrection. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. There's one anybody else hands raised this morning i want i don't want to just celebrate easter i want to experience it thank you over to my right your left anybody on this place inside needs to experience it. just a quick raise of your hand in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to come forward this morning. to just want, Now also in this room, does anybody just need a, a renewing of the power of God's spirit in your life? If you Across this room, I, need, I want to be renewed in my faith, my confidence in that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you across this room. I want to pray. Lord, you see the hands that have been raised in this room today. Those that want to not let just Easter be A celebration of what was. But God, you've called it to be so much more. It is a celebration of what is and what can be. God, I pray that every person in this room will begin a journey today. They don't have to have full understanding. They don't have to make full commitments. We pray that if somebody wants to be baptized and water, they can have that done today or in the next few weeks or months. If somebody needs to be filled with your spirit, you can do that. But right now, we're just simply saying, God, I want to experience what Paul said the power of the resurrection. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. So when that trumpet sounds, my body, my being, God, comes out with the resurrection power. You have conquered death, hell, the grave. In the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are here. Now I would be. Thanks for listening to Fisher's Life. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get the latest message every Monday.